Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Faith here at our Celebration Ministry Center. If you are online with us today, if you're here in person, so glad you're here. My name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. I wanna especially welcome you if you are one of our guests and you're here because our Vacation Bible School kids are gonna be up here and they're gonna sing. It was a great week of Vacation Bible School uh, this week. And the kids, I think, are excited about coming up here and sharing a couple songs that they were singing this week with motions and everything. So uh, get excited. Yeah, did it feel festive when you walked in today? There are balloons out there and there's spaceships and the whole theme of... Um, stellar, uh, you know, the stars and all that. It's just a lot of fun this week. So uh, welcome to that, uh, that celebration. Um, we are, if you haven't been with us through the summer, all summer we're in a sermon series called Rethink. Rethink is about rethinking the lies that we believe. We listen to what the world says. We listen to what we tell ourselves and what others might tell us that's just not true. And uh, so we're looking to the scriptures to teach us about God's truth and rethinking uh, what God tells us. So uh, we're continuing that series today uh, with a series, well, next couple of weeks with a series of religious lies. You know, what, what do we, be we believe about faith or we believe about religion that is just not true. So we're getting into that today. Uh, this is also a service of communion. So we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper a little bit later. We believe that we're very much sinners in need of God's grace. And he gives us that grace in the very bread and wine as he gives us the body and blood of Christ in with and under the bread and the wine. We call that real presence. And he gives that to us for the forgiveness of our sins. So if that is your belief also, we invite you to join us for communion a little bit later in our service. After worship today, we're gonna have a church picnic. So there's a lot of things going on today. Uh, just a real quick note about that. If you signed up for the church picnic and you're planning on staying, we're gonna have brats and hamburgers and hopefully you brought something to share with us. Um, we're actually, it's a little warm outside of the sun. So we're gonna have tables set up over on this side. I'll just call this the left side because that's your left. And we're, what we're gonna do is take the chairs down after worship on this side only, and we're gonna set up some tables. So if you're gonna stick around for the picnic and wanna help us out, that'd be really great and helpful. So take down these and after we uh, have food and fellowship, then we'll put the chairs back up for Sunday worship. Just so you know about that. And um, let's see, this month, August, is the anniversary we call it birthday, anniversary, I don't know. Uh, it's Hagar's Gotcha Day anniversary. Two years ago, we got Hagar and we're gonna celebrate that uh, this month. So tomorrow over at our Faith Ministry Center, there's gonna be meet and greet and uh, refreshments and that kind of thing. And then next weekend here at our Celebration Ministry Center, although I will tell you, Hagar is here today, so you can see her after worship too. Just a great uh, addition to our ministry, bringing care to our community. And if you haven't met Hagar, you want to meet her after worship today. Um, that's the announcements I have. I'm gonna hand it over to Eliza and the band and the kids who are gonna come up here from our Vacation Bible School. It's not all the kids who are here, but those who could join us today for uh, helping us to sing and to lead us in worship. So come on in, kids. I had such a blessing week to spend with the kids and leading them in worship. And we also learned some fun motions. So um, I hope they'll be just as excited to do everything as they did this past week. Yeah, kids, come, don't, don't be shy, come on in. Woo. And you can come up right on the stage with me. Just like that. All right, kids, the song that we're gonna start with is This Little Light of Mine. You guys remember this one? We got this, okay? All right. Little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. 
Okay, kids, the next one we're going to do is House of the Lord. the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in
job. Thank you for joining me. You guys can follow Miss Tracy to sit down. Now, we're gonna transition into a time of confession with a song. We're gonna sing this song um, and you can just sit and um, just think about the words or sing the song or just sit and close your eyes. For the things we've done and left undone For the ways we've wandered from your heart Forgive us, we pray, and give us your grace. For the idols we put on your throne, for the loves we choose above your own. hear this concept as we listen to the, the reading from the book of Ephesians here in just a few minutes. But Paul, the apostle, says something very similar also in the book of Colossians. When he says, when you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code, the written code of God's law that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, Paul says, nailing it to the cross. So when Christ was on the cross, God looked down at Christ's bleeding, dying, his sacrifice for us. And he said, it is paid in full. Everything that you have ever done wrong, everything that you have ever done against God's will and law, it is taken away. You're forgiven. It's my privilege as one of your pastors to announce that grace to you, to assure you that you are forgiven in Christ. For that, we sing. I'm gonna invite you to stand as we join together in singing our gratitude to the Lord.
God, I know it's not much, but we give you our praise and and our thanks for all that you have given to us and accept these hearts lifted to you, singing our hallelujah. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Amen. All right, we turn to the word of God. I'm gonna have you stay standing because we're gonna have a gospel reading here in just a second. You'll, you'll stand for that too because it's in reverence for the word of the Lord. We love the word of God. So let's hear first from Ephesians chapter two. As Paul says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ 
and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And our gospel reading is from John chapter three, as Jesus says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Anyone here tired? <laughs> Exhausted even? <laughs> If you're anything like all the people I see on Facebook and other social media, uh, it's you're only halfway through your weekend and you're already dreading the next work week, right? Uh, uh, a lot of mornings you feel like it's not just enough to have a cup of coffee, you need a second cup of coffee or a third cup of coffee. You know what I'm talking about? And you're running yourself into exhaustion with long hours and long lists and long lines and long faces. There's so much to do, so much to buy, so many expectations, right? You have to please your boss, feed your kids, mow the lawn, finish homework. And then the government wants more taxes and the kids want more toys and the school more volunteers and your spouse more attention and your parents more visits and the church. Oh yeah, there's the church. <laughs> serve more, pray more, attend more, give more, read more. It's just more of the same, right? Every, every time you think you're catching your breath, someone wants something more. And it's like a taskmaster demanding more and more when you feel like you have less and less to give. Anyone? Yeah. Do you know that's exactly where the ancient people of Israel were? when they're calling out to God to save them from the Egyptians when they were in slavery. They were building pyramids for Pharaoh, but they needed more straw to make the bricks. And so they cried out, they grumbled to Pharaoh, they needed more straw. So what was Pharaoh's response? Up the quota demand more production without giving them any more supplies. That was the response. Of course, then God intervened. God said, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And it was some mighty acts, right? I mean, God parted the Red Sea like a curtain opening wide up. And then the, the Egyptians came through in the same place and he closed it like a steel trap. And he took out in an instant, in a breath, he took out the most powerful army in all the world. And he rescued the, the Israelites and brought them exhausted former slaves to a land of no more. No more, no more bricks, no more whips, no more taskmasters, no more slave labor. And all of heaven 
said, you can rest now. You can rest now. A whole nation, a whole nation exhaled. Imagine, they rested. I like how Max Lucado talks about this moment. This, Max Lucado says this, he says, they rested for about one half an inch. That's about the space between Exodus 15 and Exodus 16. The amount of time between those two chapters is about one month. Somewhere in that half inch, one month gap, the Israelites decided that they wanted to go back to slavery. They remembered the delicacies of the Egyptians. Couldn't have been more than bone stew, but nostalgia's no stickler for details. So they told Moses, we wanna go back to, to Egypt, to the land of labor, sweat, and blistered backs. And a few billion readers ever since then, reading the scriptures, scream at their Bibles toward people who have never, will never be able to hear them, think, saying to them, are you insane? Don't you remember where you came from? Don't remember all the work that you had to do. Don't remember how hard it was. Don't remember what God rescued you from. Have you forgotten what God just did? The Apostle Paul says something very similar when he's talking to the people of his own age. So he fast forward from the Exodus 1500 years to the earliest church. And Paul is talking to Christians in Galatia. So this is in what is today part of Turkey. And Paul wrote a letter to the Christians of Galatia. We, in our Bibles, Galatians. And in Galatians chapter three, verse one, Paul says, are you insane? Well, that's not the exact translation. That's the NRSV, the new Rosenau standard version, right? So, uh, now the NIV says this, he says, you foolish Galatians who bewitched you. So similar to the scene where the Egyptians had, or the uh, Israelites had come out of Egypt and now they're wanting to go back to Egypt. Same thing's happening in Paul's day. Like somehow they've got it in their mind that we wanna go back. Now, the thing is that this second exodus, this second redemption or salvation is way bigger than the first. It eclipses the first. So God sent his son, not Moses. God crushed Satan, not Pharaoh. God conquered death, which is bigger than any army. He opened the grave, not the Red Sea. He secured eternal life, not just any rescue, but eternal life. He paved the way to a new heaven and new earth, not just going to the promised land. What God did for the people of Israel 1,500 years before Christ was just a shadow, a hint, a whisper of what God did in Christ when he conquered the grave and sin for us on the cross. Jesus led us out of slavery to sin and death, no more law keeping, no more fear of God's judgment, no more struggling for God's approval. Do you get this? No more fear of God's judgment. No more seeking after God's approval. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he's not just talking about physical rest like we want from our work week, but Rest for our souls. Jesus offers us a rest unlike all others, a spiritual soul rest from our work. And yet Paul has to say to the Christians of Galatia, 
He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by grace in Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is not really any gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Apparently, there are a bunch of people who believed in grace a lot, but not in grace alone. Let me say that again. There were a lot of people who believed in grace a lot, but not in grace alone. They felt that they must have to add something to Christ's work. Christ's work wasn't enough. I gotta do something. So back to Max Lucado. He, Max Lucado wrote a book, it's called Grace. Check it out sometime, Grace. He says, grace a lot, believe in grace a lot. Jesus almost finished the work of salvation, they argue. In the rowboat named Heavenbound, Jesus paddles most of the time, but every so often he needs our help. So we give it. And we accumulate good works the way that Boy Scouts accumulate merit badges on a sash. So this is the lie that we're talking about in our series right now, Rethink. The lie that says God's love must be earned. Somehow I have to earn God's affection, his approval. I have to earn grace. Somehow we believe that grace isn't enough and we gotta go back to Egypt. <laughs> we have to do something to deserve God's approval. And all of a sudden we're the ones. We're the ones begging to go back to slavery. And Paul's screaming, have you lost your minds? You are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. The true gospel says, it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. I want you to see especially two words in that, that verse, grace and gift. They're really inseparable words. Same idea, same concept, grace and gift. Do you ever have this at Christmas time? Someone gives you a gift and you did not think to give them something? How dreadful, right? <laughs> like, oh no, they gave me something and I didn't even think to give them something, but now you feel obligated because I mean, they gave you something, you've gotta give them something. It's, it's like a duty, right? It's, it's an obligation now. Well, sometimes we, uh, we have this problem. Even a gift feels like an obligation. And this is not how God is when he gives his grace. There's not an obligation for us to give something back. There's not an expectation that we're gonna somehow be able to give anything in addition to what God has already given to us. Expectations are gone. He expects absolutely zero, zilch, nada. Now this doesn't mean that you can just go about living your life any way that you want to, because the the flow of God's grace just leads us to wanna give and give to others as God has given to us, but there's no expectation. It's pure gift. And what is that gift? Paul says in Ephesians chapter two, that he has brought us from death to life. While we were dead in our sins and our, our transgressions, he brought us to life. If you are dead, there is no making yourself alive again right? There's nothing you can do. Galatians chapter three, Paul says, 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree and Christ hung on a tree for us. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he became sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. That is the gift that God is giving to us in Christ. Salvation, life out of death, light out of darkness, righteousness out of our sin. And then Paul says, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't let yourselves be burdened again. In the fall of 2010, there were 33 men who were trapped under 2,000 feet of rock above them in San Jose, Chile. The main tunnel to the mine that they were working collapsed and it forced them into survival mode. For two months, they rationed their food. Two spoonfuls of tuna, a sip of milk, and a bite of peaches every day for two months. They prayed every day that someone would come and rescue them. On the surface, all the rescue officials were consulting even NASA. They were consulting experts trying to get to these men who were trapped 2,000 feet below the surface. They drilled night and day, first a, a communication hole, then an escape tunnel. No one had ever been trapped that long and survived. But on October 13th, 2010, 33 men came out of their grave. <laughs> not one of them, not one of them could say, I got out myself. Not one of them declared, you know, I could do this. Just give me a new drill, right? Not one of them. The unanimous conclusion was, we need help. We need someone to break into this world and bring us out. And that's what happened. Now that's exactly our story. We were lost in sin and death. No one can save himself. No one can say, Give me a little grace, I'll do the rest myself. No. Jesus did not say, God so loved the world because it got all together. God did not say, Jesus brought you partially to life, now do the rest. No, we were dead. In fact, Paul says in Romans chapter five, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates his love for us in that. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. So stop thinking that you're gonna add something. Stop looking for the fine print that says, you know, it's grace plus whatever. Grace plus giving, grace plus coming to church, grace plus serving. What it, no. It's grace, period, grace alone. Of all the things that you have to earn in life, God's unending affection is not one of them. That has been given to you by God's simple grace. Amen? Amen. God is good, isn't he? All the time, he gives us his amazing love when we don't deserve it. 
We're gonna sing about this in this next song. We're also gonna take our offering and this is an opportunity for us to give back a portion of what God has blessed us with. Just trusting that everything that we have is his. We give back a portion of that for the work of his kingdom here at Faith. So thank you for the gifts that you give to help us do our work here. And uh, and let's, let's sing, hand it over to the band. Father, you are altogether wonderful to us, and we are so unworthy, and yet you give your grace over and over and over, not because we've got it together, not because we have uh, called out to you in, in, our, in our brokenness, but out of your pure mercy and grace, you have come. You've called us to be your very own. We thank you 
And now we hear that we pray that you would hear us as we lift up our prayers to you and, and the concerns of the people of God gathered here at Faith Lutheran Church. We pray for Sharon Bergsma as she's recovering from surgery. We pray for Rex Brockman as he's recovering after a fall. We pray for Brenda Krieger as she's dealing with a fractured hip. We pray for Kelly Pierce's father in the health concerns that he has at this time. We also lift up to you, Lord, those who are grieving and pray that you would give comfort and strength in their time of mourning. We pray for Jean and Dottie Weber as they are mourning the, the passing of their son-in-law, Jeff. Pray that you would surround their whole family with, with the strength of faith that they can only find in you and the promise of the resurrection to new life in Christ. Help them, Lord, to be transformed by the promise of that last day when you will raise all the dead in Christ. So, Lord, transform their grief. Lord, we also celebrate with those remembering new life. And we rejoice with the Leapsite family as they are bringing Dawson to the water of baptism tomorrow uh, to receive this gift of your grace in the water of baptism by the Holy Spirit. And all others who are remembering their baptismal birthdays, anniversaries, birthdays, and other celebrations of life, Lord, we, we know that you are the gift giver. And we celebrate with all those who are remembering your special occasions, which you give from your glorious hand. And now, Lord, as we prepare ourselves to come to your table of mercy again, we pray that you would prepare us with saving faith, that repentant spirit that lays our brokenness at the cross and lifts and, and picks up the, the gift of newness and salvation, light and goodness from your gracious hand. So prepare us as we come for the forgiveness won for us in Christ. And we pray in all these things, you would hear us as Christ taught us our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I invite you now to share a greeting with those who are around you in worship today. Share the peace of the Lord with one another.
And may this body and blood of our Lord Jesus continue to strengthen you in faith and know that you're forgiven. Go in peace. Stand. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. And all God's people say, amen.